Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. Depression is the most common mental health disorder in the United States. According to the National Institute of Health, over 16 million adults in the U.S. experienced at least one episode of clinical depression in the year 2015. And it is likely underestimated, given that many with this medical condition sadly never seek help. Studies show that only about 50% of those with depression actually seek help from their doctor. Now, contraceptives, on the other hand, they've been used by nearly all women living in the United States at some point during their reproductive years. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, between 2011 and 2013, almost 62% of women between the ages of 15 and 44 were using some type of contraception at the time. And hormonal contraceptives are still the most popular method of contraception, with the pill still remaining as the most widely used type. So the question now is, is there a link between depression and contraception? For many years, women have been reporting changes in mood swings with certain hormonal contraceptives. Now, a recent study that was just published in the Journal of American Medical Association Psychiatry has gained attention by suggesting a potential link between hormonal contraceptives and depression. The purpose of the study was to discover the risk of first-time antidepressant use in women who used various types of hormonal contraceptives. So if you're prone towards depression or mood changes, the results of the study may be useful the next time you discuss your contraceptive options with your doctor. So let's learn about this study that has been in the forefront of media coverage lately, plus learn how to interpret and apply it to your own health. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that makes this podcast possible. Did you know that you can buy Halloween costumes and decor on Amazon? As a busy physician and parent, I'm an avid Amazon shopper and have been for years, even prior to the sponsor. And I purchase almost everything and anything there because I don't have the time to head to the store for every little thing. So I've been an Amazon Prime member actually for several years now and I love it. Everything gets delivered to my door in two days. We also cut the cable cord in our house. We chose to eliminate as much TV as possible but we use Amazon Prime to also occasionally watch educational TV programs for the kids. They also have tons of movies and shows. Amazon is fast and convenient, and if you start from the banner at thequickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon, you can help support our network and the House Call Doctor show. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon. So the 14-year study took place in Denmark, beginning with the year 2000 where over 1 million females between the ages of 15 and 34 were grouped depending on the type of contraception that they were using. And then they were tracked through time and then compared to a group of non-hormonal contraceptive users. Now, all patients who were previously diagnosed with depression or had taken antidepressants for any reason were excluded from the study. The scientists specifically tracked the first time that people were diagnosed with depression after initiating contraception and their likelihood of taking an antidepressant for the first time afterwards. They then measured this increase in risk of being prescribed an antidepressant after the use of the following methods of birth control when compared to the non-user group in increasing order. Here they are. 
combined estrogen and progesterone pill users had an increased risk of 23% over non-users. Progesterone-only pill, which is otherwise referred to as the mini pill, was 34%. Progesterone IUD, intrauterine device, was 40%. The vaginal ring, 60%. And the patch, a whopping 200% increased risk over non-users. So as you can see, the combined estrogen progesterone pill have the lowest risk of causing depression, and the patch has the most. So the most vulnerable to the mood-changing effects of these hormones were actually adolescents. Their risk of being prescribed an antidepressant while they were on the combined pill was 80% higher than those who didn't take it. And it was 120% higher with the progesterone-only pills. So how can you interpret these results appropriately so that you can make a sound judgment when deciding your family planning health options, you may be wondering? Well, just because you're prone to depression or experience mood changes while taking contraception, does that mean that you should nix the birth control and risk getting pregnant? Like with all medical treatment, the risks and benefits must be weighed against each other before making such an important health decision, including the risk of unwanted pregnancies. So here are some essential take-home points to remember when you are considering your contraceptive options and you're discussing them with your physician. Number one, estrogen-containing methods seem to be more protective against depression. Number two, the progesterone component seems to be the main mood-changing culprit. Therefore, even changing the progesterone component from one type to another may be a worthwhile effort before throwing in the towel. Number three, it's not a perfect study, and actually no study is. This was a cohort study, which is really an observational study where patients are simply observed passively through time. And although still useful information, cohort studies do have some of their drawbacks. Studies show that double-blind, meaning neither the patients nor the physicians know which patient is taking what medication, and placebo-controlled, those with the administration of a placebo, preferably without knowing that they are taking the placebo, are features of more well-accepted studies. So even though the study gave us good information, it is simply one study, and corroboration with future studies are also very important. Number four, the study also measured the use of prescribed antidepressants, but not everyone taking an antidepressant is being treated for depression. Examples of other uses of medications in the antidepressant category include things like anxiety disorders. That's a common one where the antidepressants are first line for. PMS, premenstrual syndrome, smoking cessation, hot flashes, and ADHD. Number five, it's important to make certain that your mood changes aren't due to numerous other causes as well. And I've discussed and dissected other causes of mood changes in a previous episode, so you can check that out if you're curious. And lastly, adolescents already have mood swings. That's almost a defining feature of this age group in the first place. This population is already more vulnerable to depression. So it makes sense that they are the most susceptible towards anything that can impose on their mood. 
As a physician, will this change the way that I practice? Well, for patients whom I know have suffered through significant depression, the combined pill may be a more preferable option, but this is only taking the patient's preferences into consideration and only if there are no contraindications to estrogen use. And for others who initiate hormonal contraceptive and then report mood changes, the pros and cons of other available methods may be worthwhile to revisit. Overall, the study has caused me to keep my antennas up and simply to be more aware. The wonderful thing about birth control nowadays is there are numerous options. So if one doesn't work well for you, it doesn't mean that something else won't. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the Hoscall Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. If you learned anything here today or simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the Hoscall Doctor podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. But Please note that all the content here really is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice, and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Catch you next time.